<laughs> okay, think of your mind as the house and your ears as the doors and windows. I'm going to come as Nick Knowles and buff up your rooms and excite your entrances. Welcome to Thacknology, the world of me, Dave Thackeray. Every day I'm trawling the web and world for ideas and inspiration to make your life a little more lavish. More often than not, it's just a plain old fun factory highlighting things to make us smarter, speedier and smileier. Don't forget to leave me a message if you want something, anything discussed, regaled on Thacknology. I'm Dave Thackeray, I'm a writer, I like a microphone, but more importantly, I love to hear what you think. So get in, stick around, if only to keep me company, and remember, it can only get better from here. Thanks for being you, and for us, welcome to Team Thacknology. Hey folks, how are you doing? It's like the 3rd of April, which means it must be a Sunday, which is tremendous news. Slightly blowy today down Marine Drive in Southport. I'm just walking past the what I like to colloquially term the shit dumps. It's where all of the effluent from our bottoms goes to be recycled into apparently clean water or water that can be used for livestock feeding. Anyway, good news, I am toying with a new concept and I want you to feedback a feedback loop. This is my first foray into the world of Silicon Valley startup terms. I want you to give me some feedback on this idea, what I just had, which was, so I'm, I've been, right, I, when I was a journalist, <laughs> back in the day, one of my jobs was as arts editor, working for the Liverpool Echo newspapers and it was a fabulous time i got to enjoy many theatrical performances and ruminate on films i even did an interview with pierce brosnan lots of exciting stuff and i've always been on the periphery of the media world in some way or another and you know i'm i'm starting to really get into lots of really quite arcane TV shows at the moment, or TV shows that have been surfaced through my Netflix feed, so that basically means everybody's watching them. So we're right, potpourri. And while I've been watching them, we're going to go into one of them that I'm particularly a fan of right now, I've been thinking, right, well, could I, you know when you go, what's big on the restaurant scene these days, chiefly to perpetuate the abundance of Michelin star establishments is tasting menus where and, and, and pairing like food with with drinks you can have like I don't know pay 80 quid and get a uh, flight of wine to go with your uh, amuse bouche hard crossing this road anyway so I have been, and I'm going to explain this in a, a small amount of detail as we together take this walk through my latest T 
TV Squeeze, which is the second season, quite unexpectedly released on Amazon Prime Video this week, of Lux Listing Sydney. Now you'll, I mean, if you like me, and you're like me, you'll have watched Selling Sunset to death, and it's great. doesn't really have a plot line as much as follow the increasingly shortening hemlines of the house sellers. And Lux List in Sydney follows Gavin and Simon. Now, I'm not really au fait with how selling high-end houses works, but I'm learning more by the day. It's thanks in part to Lux Listing Sydney and to some degree selling Sunset. There's also selling Tampa, by the way, but I'm not a massive fan of that. It's even more in the camp of tittle-tattle than selling Sunset. And when you're not inside baseball, it's quite hard to follow, follow the logic of why they even bothered filming it in the first place. So, how it works is, right, so Gavin is the head of what I can only imagine is a franchise of a large estate agent company, but he, he calls it the uh, TRG, the Rubenstein Group, which, yeah, fair enough, it's his company, definitely likes. It's not really his company, but he's obviously allowed to uh, have his own sub-brand. So, I'm watching this, and Gavin's like selling the houses direct. So he goes and finds people who want to sell the houses, and in episode two of season two, he goes and tries to... I've got to use the word and I've forgotten now. It's like, basically entice an owner of a cliffside home. Beautiful home, very angular, very concrete. Seems to be the way these days that all of these houses are very concrete, very unfinished. That is the style. A, a, A friend of mine would probably say, that's a mood. Uh, so that's all going on, uh, and he sees, you know, he's doing that, he's enticing, and then Simon, he's almost like he's the guy who goes and finds the buyers, but he doesn't sell the houses. So Simon and Gavin work together. Simon's like, hey, I've got this guy, he's got bottomless pockets. Uh, by the by, which is a bit weird, talking about bottomless pockets. There was an offer on Holiday Pirates this week. 15% off bottomless cocktails and ball pool. Right, like a session. And I thought, you know, can you imagine all that yacked up Mai Tai and Pina Colada? All of those transparent balls, because they're not coloured balls. They're transparent ones. Just flecks of spew while you were dancing around in those balls. Not for me. So you've got Gavin who's selling, you've got Simon who's finding the buyers. I don't know why you don't do it all. I mean, you know, at my price point, you just have an estate agent. It's not a beauty pageant, you just have an estate agent and they do some of the more progressive ones, do like open viewings and that, which is all well and good. Very difficult when you're trying to buy a house though and you have to get on the waiting list for an open house. Psychological, isn't it? 
Anyway, back to the Michelin stars and the tasting menus and the wine flight. I've also been, when I've not been watching that, and I've been watching it a lot, because there's only three apps out at the moment, I like to string it out like a polyamorous relationship. Well, actually, it's the subject of another TV show one of them called, ironically, called Open House. I think it's the sex experiment where uh, couples who are not satisfied with their own relationships want to go and interfere with those belonging to others. It's, it's profound. And, uh, it's a lot, I mean, ugh, TV, though, I mean, you know, do you remember when Naked Attraction came out on Channel 4? They've effectively got electric blinds and naked people stuck behind them. And then you've got somebody who's gagging for it, who, bit by bit, is revealing... Well, there might be Ikea blinds, I don't know. Uh, is, is revealing bits of these people. So, you know, it's like, ooh, they're nice-looking shins. And then you see the fanny. It's like, bloody hell, that's a bit extreme. So, you've got the tasting menu, you've got the wine flight... And you've got this Michelin star on offer. And I guess that's really what we're trying to do here with this cheeky little show, is to get a uh, the world's first podcast Michelin star. That would work. Liking the sound of that. It's making me salivate. So, on the one side, you've got the TV show that I have done a... Not especially fantastic job of reviewing, not going into a great deal of detail, and uh, to be honest, you wouldn't want it, you wouldn't expect it, and that's fine by me. And then on the other side of the coin, you've got a book, right? And this is the wine flight. I'm currently reading The Art of the Impossible by Stephen Kotler. Now, he wrote another one called The Rise of Superman, and he's written a lovely fiction book that I can't wait to get stuck into that's predictably all about. I think he's written something called Futureland or Tomorrowland, but he's also written another cyberish one. Um, prolific author. And The Art of the Impossible is great because to me it's like, this. I would match this book with Lux List in Sydney because you've got Gavin who is grasping for greater and greater levels of success. He wants to achieve mastery in the real estate sector. And, you know, fair play, giving it a good crack of the whip. And I'm thinking, you know, if I had to... Because I, as you know, I do a little bit of coaching. I help charities and good causes and that. And we'll have a bit of a chat. I'll be the plastic green frog. I don't know whether that's the right way around. Is it green plastic or plastic green? I'll be there to sort of give them a bit of a ready reckoner on where they're at. Listening hard, use active listening, and then if provoked, give them some sort of feedback or set them some sort of challenges or take a look at some of the documentation and say, oh, you know, maybe put a full stop there. I'm sometimes going to a bit more detail than that. Not important right now. Um, and uh, so, if I was going to give some sort of mentoring or uh, coaching, which I, you know, I think, I think, I think his personal life leads it more than probably his professional life does, or maybe he's got too much bravado and gumption to want any professional advice. He doesn't seem to have a professional mentor. I think I'd slip very casually, very severely into that role. 
I would advocate to him to take a read of this book. Stephen Kotler's The Art of the Impossible. Maybe that one about the rise of Superman as well, because one preempts the other, I think. It, almost like a prequel and a sequel. Uh, but I don't know what actually sits in the middle there. It feels like if there's a prequel and sequel, there needs to be an, a now-qual. The, the, the meat and the sandwich. Um, so, yeah, this The Art of the Impossible. I, so, you know, self-help books get a bit of a bad rap, frankly. And, and you know, in, much of the time, justified. I started my self-help diet with the Tony Robbins. It's the typical journey of the lost and the maligned and the misunderstood. You know, it's you look at Tony Robbins and Tony says, oh, if you pinch your arm at a certain point when you're experiencing a moment of joy and then when you're having a down moment, if you pinch that same bit of your arm again, you'll bring the endorphins and the dopamine rushing back and all that, which is great. But this one... The Art of the Impossible by Steve Kotler um, actually seems to have a little bit more meat on the bone than your average self-help book. And it goes into the importance of flow, the importance of risk, the importance of fear, and not running away from fear, not even embracing fear or making friends with fear. It's just knowing that it's there and that it's helping you to get to the next step on your journey, which is a beautiful thing. But what I like about Kotler's work is it's very practical. And you can imagine being able to take it, embrace it, take it under your wing in your daily life and actually help carry you forward if you are striving for something. But the one problem I have with this book, because it goes into stuff like... uh, curiosity and creativity and passion and purpose and one of the things I really liked about how he reflects on passion is that inwardly it's frustrating and to the outside world it's like an obsession so it gets a bit of a bad rap frankly A lot of roads to cross today. I wasn't expecting to traverse quite so frequently. So, Gavin Rubenstein. Get the art of the impossible on side. Have a good browse. Yeah, give me a call. Get one with the art. Dave Thackeray on Twitter. I'd, I'd love to talk the book through with you. I think it should be on the reading list for everybody. But especially these entrepreneurs with bulging egos and even bigger ideas so my two tips for the coming week Lux List in Sydney out now on Amazon Prime Video you can see all of season one and the first three apps you can even see episode zero which is like a trailer seems to be a bit of a habit these days so that's four until 3.2 episodes of season two. I wholly recommend it. It's a beautiful, beautifully shot. It's got all of those tunes that seem to be on every single millennial focus show on Netflix and Amazon these days. Got all that going on. Lots of drones, lots of quick chat. It really is a joy to behold and perfect for a rainy April evening and only a mini binge, but a binge nonetheless. And uh, yeah, pair that, wine flight style, 
with The Art of the Impossible by Stephen Kotler. And I think if you have got a purpose in mind, even if that purpose is... So The Art of the Impossible, there's two things, right? There's like lowercase i, which is stuff that is achievable, but requires that you grasp for greatness and the big eye impossibles which are the ones that are impossible to everybody and you know really the achieving the little case i may lead to the accomplishment of the big case i and i'm making words up that doesn't matter we're coming to the end thank christ i hear you cry you've done a great job 15 minutes of your life that you'll never get back but what an entertaining experience nonetheless you've been listening to dave thackeray this is thacknology a production by word of mouth uh, if you'd like to um, you know have a chat about stuff like bringing passion to your life if you want to bring enthusiasm to your workplace because let's face it most people are in the doldrums these days they need a little bit of a push in the right direction if a chocolate bar was a metaphor for what most workplaces need right now it would be a cabris boost so give us a shout dave at wordandmouth.com i can do amazing things with anybody turn them around individual coaching or team workshops got it all for you love you and i'll catch up with you in the not too distant future bye for now hey this is stevie batiche from microsoft and you're listening to talk knowledge